because we're adjusting, uh, we're trying to adjust uh, the things that go on. Yeah. Is that better? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I said to Rob that I was not going to go to, any, uh, to another part of the world without a husband, and um, I've learnt in my life that God actually makes me do the things I said I won't do. So I ended up um, going to London to get ready to fly. As I walked into the house of the people that I was staying with overnight, this verse went through my head: "My presence will go with you." and I will give you rest. It was only a few weeks later that I discovered actually that was what God said to Moses um, before he set off with the people of Israel. So um, I really went off. Um, God interestingly boosted my seat from economy to business class. Um, and that was just because I turned up in a suit and with a briefcase. And then when I got to Japan, I had to do quite a bit of traveling one of the things that you learn about Japanese men is that they are very much um, superior in their attitude to women. Um, it might be a bit different now, but at that time there was quite a strong um, male sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, men were the kings and women just were subservient. And I actually watched um, myself stand in the train for three hours and no man stood up to give me a seat. And it was when an old lady got off, she's indicated that I could have a seat. Um, when I got off this particular train journey, um, I found myself with a suitcase in one hand, uh, a briefcase and um, another bag and my handbag in another. And I got off the platform and there was this huge flight of stairs and I just stood there and I thought, how am I going to get up that flight of stairs carrying all this? And almost immediately there was a voice at the side and there was this Japanese man standing there and he said, can I help you take your suitcase up to the top? And I said, oh thank you, that would be very kind. And so he did, he picked my suitcase up and he took it to the top, waited for me to get there, handed it back to me, smiled and walked off and disappeared into the crowd. Very unusual, and I believe that was God's provision at that time for me, and I would call it my angelic experience. So that's that's Marion's story. We're going to um, listen to another story now, which has got some similarities and differences, and uh, this one is from Dawn. Now, what I would ask you to do is to avoid looking at the screen because the lip sync is seriously out. It ha always happens on the last step with projection. And I know how to put it right, but it takes several hours uh, to, to actually uh, do that. It doesn't always. That's, uh, that's all the story. It impacted me considerably when she first told it. Um, she's a few years older than 20. Now, uh, the story has stuck with her and uh, been part of the bedrock of her experience since then. I just uh, uh, listened to it again, it really struck me. I will be with you uh, on the plane as well. Now, the next story is the same and different. Uh, it's the same and different because 
uh, in one of the many uh, conversations I had with uh, uh, Tony, Margaret's late husband, he told me about this story and we went over it and uh, I was able to ask him in some detail. And uh, of course, it adds a little bit to the story when it's the experience of two people together rather than just one on their own. So uh, um, I haven't heard Margaret tell me the story. It, 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 the accent will be slightly different. And uh, uh, we won't go off on so many uh, uh, detours uh, in the way that Tuffy and I would uh, when we were chatting in his garden over a cup of coffee. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing this from Margaret. Margaret's experience, which wasn't in Japan, where I'd never been. Uh, I have been to Chicago Airport, and I can understand uh, why that gets, uh, gets scary. There just is so much of it. With planes going over bridges and uh, over the streets and all sorts of uh, odd stuff. Um, uh, this was in uh, Paris, uh, which most of us might know a little bit better. So, Margaret, give us some context. Tell us the story. I think this story is probably rather more recent uh, than either of the other two as well. Well, were you 20 when it happened? <laughs> Do tell us the story. Thank you. These things. No. In 1989, we'd been married 20 years. Um, in 1989, we'd been married 20 years, and we thought we'd go away to celebrate. So we thought Paris might be a good place. We'd never been. Um, I got brochures for holidays and picked one out. It had got a, a hotel with and on suites, I thought, oh, it would be fairly modern because there were, weren't many hotels then that had got on suites. So we booked this hotel and went off on and, and went on the ferry and on, on the train across France. We got to the Garden Nord. The hotel was quite close to the Garden Nord. Um, when we got to the hotel, it was incredibly. Um, I don't know whether any of you remember May Grey, when it was done by Rupert Davis, <laughs> but it was very like that. It was an old um, building, fourth storey, we were on the fourth storey, no up, no lift. The, um, it had got an ensuite, but from about 1910 probably. Um, the bottom half of the room was all painted really dark green, all the pipes were visible. We got in and for the first quarter of an hour we didn't say anything to each other. But anyway, after that we decided we'd um, make the best of it. You know, we wouldn't spend a lot of time in the hotel. I mean, the breakfast was, uh, you could have hot chocolate and, and a bread roll and that was it. Anyway, we, and we got there, that was it. Then we went off to the... Um, I'm not quite sure at which point this happened, so we went off to the Bastille because that was one of the places to see. Um, and by the Bastille there's a, a sort of inlet where all the boats um, park, you know, it was a... So we were walking back from there and there was this couple and they were at the back 
behind us. And then they were in front of us. He, they weren't particularly tall, but they were just there. We just noticed them, um, and that was that. That was it. They were they were there. We saw them again on another occasion when we were walking somewhere around the back of the Louvre in the in the streets at the back of the Louvre, um, and they were just there behind us. Just there. Um, the next time we saw them, we were trying to get on the metro to go to Versailles. And we were stood by the ticket machine. And Tony had got the money in his hands, but we didn't know how to work this thing. And we didn't know what we needed to get. <coughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, this, this couple was stood probably about 50 foot away. And the guy came over, took the money out of Tone's hand, put it in the machine, got the ticket, put the tickets in his hand, and he said, that's what you need. That's what you want. I, I can't exactly remember the words. And just put the tickets in his hand and went. And went. You know, they, they were, I think they were still there, but... We were not conscious, and of course we were in the metro, because we didn't know about double-decker trains in those days. But we ended up in Versailles. Um, when we got to Versailles, they were there in the courtyard. Later on, we'd been gone through the palace and, and gone into the gardens. And we were in the gardens and looked back at the um, at the palace, and they were on the balcony. They were facing our way all the time. They they, they never they weren't looking any other way. They were always looking where we were. Um, so anyway, that that was that. We went back. On the Sunday, we decided we'd go to the Louvre. We went on the Sunday because it was free. <laughs> Cheapskates, I suppose, but we hadn't got lots of money in those days. Um, but we were in the queue and we were waiting to go in because it didn't open, I think, till, I don't know, half nine or ten or something. We looked back and they were in the queue behind us, quite a little way behind us, but they were there, still looking our way. And Tone, he, he would relate this, and this was what a bit of his testimony, that he thought he'd go over and speak to them. But then the idea went straight from his head, and that was it. And that was the last time we saw them. They always looked the same. They weren't very tall. They looked very French. But when he spoke to Tone, he spoke in perfect English. Just straightforward, perfect English. Um, and it wasn't afterwards you began to think, well, what were they doing there and why were they always there? And this was one of my husband's really favourite stories and he'd love to tell it. So it's my turn now. But uh, he'd be pleased that you know. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks for the context as well of, the, uh, uh, of those sort of indeterminately aged uh, French hotels, which I'm sure exist. Uh, and uh, uh, have got 
the most amazingly interacting plumbing systems <laughs> as well. Um, the, uh, so, three stories. I, I kid you not, I did not set this up to be three stories about travel. Okay? It just happened that the uh, stories that I've heard about of angelic ministry. And um, we're going to be winding up probably in five minutes if you want to go and get, uh, uh, get things sorted. But um, uh, what I'd like you to do is just for two minutes to talk about what you find interesting about these stories, what the connections were between them, the similarities, and although we won't have time to uh, uh, grill the guys this morning, for which they're no doubt be okay, be, you know, you can talk to them afterwards. But if you're happy to do that appreciatively, tentatively, and hopefully, you might want to ask some of those questions. So, uh, what were the connections? What impacted you? Um, what questions has it left you with? And uh, we'll just round off by going back to the Bible text that we started with. Um, so, two minutes on that. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, guys, I'm sure that you could uh, uh, have rather uh, more to say than that. Do feel free while you're drinking coffee to carry on. But I thought it was worthwhile to actually tie. Uh, tie things back. You remember we started with this passage of the book, uh, book of Hebrews, one of the early uh, documents of uh, the Christian faith, and uh, where it said, when God brings his firstborn into the world, Jesus, he says, let all God's angels worship him. He makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. And jumping on seven verses, it says, are not all angels ministering spirits set to serve those who will be inherit salvation? Just let's uh, make the comments. We saw that this morning, didn't we? Are not all angels ministering spirits set to serve those who will inherit salvation? We actually exist in a culture where some people, some groups, some sort of philosophies have tended to big up angels. But angels, ministering spirits, okay? In one of the more simple contemporary translations, it says, angels are merely spirits sent to serve people who are going to be saved. Okay, so that's one comment. The other comment is this. Now, lots of religions take a account, if you've ever been to Thailand, you'll know about monkeys and demons uh, and uh, as spirits in that environment. You'll know, if you know anything at all about folk Islam, that you've got things about the evil eye and the jinn. You've heard of the jinn or the genie. Uh, the, uh, essentially, uh, a dodgy uh, angelic presence. And here's the thing, how do you filter angels? Well, there's a concrete one in this passage, and with this I'm going to finish. I'm not going to argue for it, not my job, 
uh, to uh, try and argue for what the Bible says. But here's the thing. When God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. An authentic angel will not draw attention to him or herself. That was very clear in all three of these stories. Okay? They will always point towards God's firstborn son. Well, take that, chew it, spit it out. Carol's going to round off the meeting. She's going to tell you about these little discs you've got as well. Um, I have to go and join with the children's work. If you hear Wendy 